This is the time of year where it gets busy. But I know without a doubt, none of us are interested in forgetting about you. You are the reason for the season, and that's why we're here today. We're here to hear from you, God. So speak to our hearts through your word, Lord. Let it pierce our hearts and change our lives. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Then in Acts chapter 5, and we're going to continue there today, we know that the apostles were freed from jail, and they were out preaching again, but that did not stop these leaders from coming after them. In verse 26, Acts chapter 5, verse 26 says, The captain went with his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence, for they were afraid the people would stone them. Then they brought the apostles before the high council, where the high priest confronted them. We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name, he said. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so that the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. What a marvelous message this morning. I just have to pause and I cannot read those words without just celebrating the message of Christ. Thanking God that he reigns. What a moment that Peter was able to declare to these men who had crucified Jesus. These men who had arrested him and had beaten him up and had given him over to be crucified. And yet Peter was able to finish the story for them. He was able to declare to them, this is what you did. But then God raised him up. I'm so grateful that our God reigns. Our God reigns. I started thinking of that song this morning, and if I get tempted, I might sing it. I know it's been a while since I sang for you. Our God reigns. What a power. You remember that song? Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. You guys can sing this. Help me. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Perfect timing, Krista. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Wow, what a part. It's a repetitive song, but it's a powerful song. It's a song of truth. And that's why you can keep just singing it over and over. Our God reigns. He reigns forever. I'm so grateful this morning. I have to declare the message. I was taught that the Word of God is like a ferocious tiger. You just need to release it, and the tiger will take care of it. You just need to declare the message of God. And I just have to declare this message again to you, that we were sinners. We are sinners. We've fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We disobeyed God. Therefore, we were separated from God's presence. But God sent Jesus Christ in a manger to be raised by a carpenter and a young woman. And at the age of 30, Jesus began to display the glory of God. But this world 
did not want him. This world did not accept him, so this world crucified Jesus. But he did not remain in the grave, but God raised him to life. And he has offered us forgiveness. And he was raised to life because he was the, He is the Lamb of God. He was spotless without sin. And on the cross, he took my sins and he took your sins. He took all of our sins to the cross. But because he was the spotless Lamb of God, because he didn't know sin, but he took our sins upon him on the cross, he was able to say, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. And Jesus says, now come to me and I will forgive you of your sins. It's a message that never gets old. It's a message that we need to keep declaring. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and thank you for your grace. Thank you for that message that we are forgiven. I stand in all that message. I stand in all of this moment. Again, just think about it. Think about this moment. Peter is declaring the gospel. And remember, he's been arrested. He's been told what to do and not to do. It looks at all accounts that he is not the one in charge. He's not dressed fancy like the priest. He didn't have the clout. He didn't have the title. But he's standing before them, and he is declaring the truth. Paul says we're just earthen vessels. Declaring, we're just we're just vessels that can behold the glory of God. There's nothing special about us. There's nothing special about me. It's the message that we declare. It's the words that come. It's the faith that we declare them with this morning. And I pray you are receiving that message. This powerful moment as Peter is declaring the message to these leaders. You killed him. You crucified him. But God raised him on the third day. And in this moment, as he's declaring these these truths, what's amazing to me is that these leaders, they understood, they understood the Word of God better than Peter. They memorized it. They, uh, They taught it. And that they were not beginning to put pieces together. That they were not putting the truth of God's Word together. They had studied Daniel and the lion's den. They understood that what what Noah did with the ark did not make sense, but that God was with Noah. And they understood that what was taking place in the lives of the prophets wasn't always received, but the hand of God was on those prophets who declared truth and who declared the word of God. And here was Peter, a prophet of God, doing the same things that they had studied declaring the Word of God, maybe not making sense, but knowing that God was with them. And these leaders, they knew it. They did not deny that that crippled man, this, this whole story started, remember Acts chapter 3, goes all the way back to Acts chapter 3, it all started with this crippled man being healed. They didn't deny that. They weren't arguing that. They knew that. They knew a crippled man had been healed. They knew God was working in their, well, you know, if they knew it was God, but they knew miracles were happening. They knew that there was something outside of Peter and John that was taking place. And that is why they were trying to silence them. They knew just like Jesus that people were going to begin to follow them and people were going to begin to change their lives and people were going to begin to live different and talk different. And so they were beginning and trying to silence them. 
And it amazes me that these leaders who were seeing the very power of God at work did not repent, did not flinch, did not even consider. Now, if you continue to read the story, there is from time to time, there are just a few of the leaders that say, hey, wait a minute, guys. We need to think about this. What's going on? What's happening? There is something that's going on that's beyond us. There is a a working. There is a trembling. There is something being done, and we better think about it. But the majority of leaders were not that way. The majority of them were in favor of shutting us down, of silencing Peter and these apostles, of putting him in jail. That's what they were doing. And I just want it for a moment for us to acknowledge the danger that we see here, that I see here, and I hope you see here. I just want us to acknowledge a scripture verse. Isaiah said this. Isaiah said that they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are from me. You know that scripture verse that says, Jesus said it. He said, the day will come where some will come before the Father in heaven and say, did we not heal in your name? Did we not cast demons out in your name? And the Father will say, depart from me, because I never knew you. Jesus was exaggerating the point to say, that old phrase that you and I maybe have said before, you can be so close and yet so far. It's a danger that I have to bring to my life or, or think about in my life. And I pray that you would just think about it with me this morning because there is something that says in my heart that I can be so close to God and yet so far. And what that causes me to do is to be humble this morning. What that did for the, those leaders, it didn't humble them. I remember in Bible school, you know, getting this analogy that sometimes the gospel, the, when the gospel is preached, you could either be like ice cream or you could be like mud that's going to be turned into concrete. You know, if you put ice cream in the sun, what happens to the ice cream? It's going to melt. If you put concrete, that, that formation of concrete, of mud, what happens when you put that into the sun? It say, God, may I, when I begin to think about these realities, when I begin to hear those scripture verses, that I can worship you with my lips, and yet my heart be far from you, I melt. I say, God, please, please help me never to be hardened. Help me never to look at some, look at what you're doing and say, no, that can't be God. No, you're not of God. It's something that I say, humble me, oh God. There's a couple of questions in our, uh, I, I give each, each week for our home groups, and I'm going to be ending those questions soon, and I'll, I'll share with you on December 5th our plan for home groups uh, for 2022. But each week I've had questions out there, and I pray that you can all be a part of a home group. If the home group doesn't work for you, still take the questions, because I think it just can add more uh, depth and, and more understanding and just help you in Bible study. But I wanted to read a couple of those questions that I have for our home groups. The first, uh, one of the questions that I have out there, it says, explain how these religious leaders were able to overlook God's miracles and deny the gospel. Now, of course, I'm asking you to think about it. 
You can't totally explain it because you're not those religious leaders. But the point is to begin to put yourself in those shoes. That's the point of the Bible. Paul says we have this Bible so that we can learn so that we don't repeat the mistakes. We have the story of Samson so we don't repeat the story of Samson. We have the story of King Saul so we don't repeat that story of King Saul. And we have the story of these religious leaders so that we don't repeat. So I ask that question, how? In your mind, in your heart, explain it. Begin to think about it. How did they? How did they see a man who was crippled? He's healed, and now they want to shut him down. How, how could they? How could they look at Peter, who has, and remember, we just we read it last week. What did the story say? The story said that Peter was locked up. And a man, not a disciple, but one of their own said, he just came from the south, and it's locked up. The guards are in front of it, but the people you put in there are now free to you. How? How when a leader, a spiritual leader, hears that report, in turn says, we've got to cut this We've got to end this. We've got to stop this. We can't have this anymore. How does that happen? some of my answers, and I know you have some answers, and I pray in your home group you'll talk about some of those answers, but some of my answers is that they had placed God in a box. They didn't get rid of God. They weren't atheists. They, they celebrated God. They worshiped God. They went to God's temple. But somehow, they put God in a box. They no longer were bowing their knee to God, but now they were standing up and saying, this is who God is. They had lost humility. They had lost accountability. They had lost a, a hunger and a desire to know more of God. Because I can, I can tell you this morning, there have been times where I have been challenged in my life. I have been challenged in my preaching. I have been. And that's good. That's important. I embrace that. I am I'm a human just like you. I'm a brother to you. And, and you have every right to come to me and say, hey, tell me a little bit more. Why do you think that? And love, if you do that, you can do that. And I can tell you that I will embrace that. Because why? I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to find myself in a place where if, have you been there before? Can we just be honest? Just for a moment, because I know I'm not perfect. And I'm aware that when somebody thinks different than me, what's our reaction? Push them away, right? You don't think the way I'm thinking, I'm going to push you over here, and I'm going to go over here because these people think the way I think, and I like it. It makes me feel good. And I can tell you as a pastor, now I'm just talking about myself, I'm opening my life up to you. I have seen in ministry, how easy it is for a pastor, how easy, I'll just say it this way, how easy it would be for me as a pastor to see somebody who thinks different than me and say, you know what, you over here, I'm not going to bring you into this circle of influence, but I like what you say. Am I the only one? <laughs> You've got people at work, in your home, in your family. When somebody doesn't think like us, when somebody is not attuned to the way we're living, our natural response is to push people away. 
And I am, and I'm asking God, like I said, I'm not perfect, but I do recognize it. And when I see that somebody's thinking different than me, I say, come here. I need you closer. I, I need for you to come closer to my life because I want to learn. And it, it, it doesn't, at that point, it doesn't matter if they're being mean or nice. It just matters that I'm willing to learn. And when I look at these religious leaders, they had put God in a box. This is who God is. And this is the way we worship God. And this is the way we learn about God. And this is the way we have church. And this is the way we dress when we go to church. And this is the way we live when we live for God. This is it right here, right here, right here, right here. And here comes Jesus. He begins to make mud on their side. He spits on them and he begins to make mud. And they're like, wait, that's not in our box. Here comes Peter proclaiming the message of Jesus. No, 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 no. We're, that is not in our box. They had lost a hunger to know God. They had lost a humility in his presence. <clears throat> I have learned in, in ministry not, not to take things personal. Because when people disagree with you, if you take it personal, then you're like, oh, they don't like me. You know what? I will be hurt. I will quit the ministry. I'll never preach again if that's the way I live my life. But if I am living my life in humility, I don't take things personal because I belong to God. He's taken care of my sins. What more do I need to worry about? So if somebody is disagreeing with me, it has it should have no issue. And again, I'm just using my life. So if it sounds like a different issue in the church, but it isn't, I'm just giving you a point of reference for me. I can't talk about you, but you can. You can say, yeah, you're right. I know how that is. When I'm at work and I come up with a plan, here comes Becca. Here comes Sue. She doesn't like it. She has this point about my point. Let's get rid of Sue. Let's, get, let's not promote Becca. Those are the kind of people you are. People who are willing to share their thoughts and their mind. And these religious leaders, think about it. Think about it in these terms. Somebody was opposing them. Peter, imagine in that moment if they would have said, maybe we should, maybe we got to think about this, guys. He, he's not fitting our box, but maybe we, we've got to think about this. Let's at least pray about this. God, is Peter, you know, is he saying something that I need to receive? Think about what would take place. What would have happened if those religious leaders would have humbled themselves and God would have said, yes, listen to Peter and, and the Sanhedrin who was filled with all of these leaders, almost a hundred leaders. And imagine in that moment they would have said, oh, God said we have to listen to Peter. Let's repent. Let's repent and let's call on the name that's above all names. Imagine what that day would have been like. That day didn't happen, but today it can. Today it can. I pray that we will never put God in a box. Let us be sincere with each other. Let's be loving with each other. What's happening in our country? Our country is fighting each other. Why? We're fighting over our box. This is what's in my box. This is what's in my box. God died so that we didn't have boxes. He just had a word. And his mercy and his grace and his truth to love each other, to help one another, 
Oh, I can't help but think again going back to our Dexters. They have proven to us people who are willing to die for someone else. People who enlist knowing, knowing that very well they, their life could be taken just to protect us. What an attitude to have. No greater love than a friend that was willing to lay down his life and die for each other. If we have that spirit, you'll see the moon's change. Let's ask God to help us. I ask another question, and it gets to my main point uh, this, this uh, morning. I ask this other question. Why do some people think they have ultimate authority? Why do some people think they have ultimate authority? Because there was somehow in the religious leader's mind, they said, we are the ultimate authority. And Peter, we are making a decision. You are not allowed to speak in this name anymore. And you know, they did speak again. And so what did they say? We told you. We told you we were the ultimate authority on this issue, and we told you not to speak in this name. What? Why do people think they have ultimate authority? I know I do not have ultimate authority. I know that. I know that. And I live my life that way, not perfectly, but I live my life knowing that I don't have ultimate authority. And I pray you live your life that way as well. Because if you live your life with this, this idea of ultimate authority, you will be frustrated. You will find difficulty. You will cause havoc in your life. Why do some people think they have ultimate authority? But Peter and John and James and the disciples, they knew. They knew he had ultimate authority. There was no question in their mind who was the ruler of their life. There was no, there was no debate. There was no need to study it anymore. It had been solidified. It had been decided. They knew who had ultimate authority. They knew that Jesus was the, he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He knew he was, they were, he was the alpha and the omega, that he had created all things, that this earth existed because he spoke it into existence, and that this earth was sustained by his power and by his grace. There was no need to discuss it. They knew that Jesus Christ was the ultimate authority. And so when somebody who had authority in their lives, they did have authority, but when somebody who had authority in their life was contradicting Jesus, Peter makes the statement, you must obey God above all other earthly authority. There is no authority on this earth that surpasses God's authority. There is nothing that we can do that goes beyond God. God is ultimate. God is perfect. God is the one that we worship. God is the one that we glorify. God is the one that we magnify. We don't magnify people. We don't magnify institutions. We don't magnify anything that humans can do. We magnify Jesus Christ alone because he is the ultimate authority and we must obey him. We must obey him. And my prayer and my, and my encouragement is going to continue. Stay in the Word of God and stay in prayer every day. Stay in the Word of God and stay in prayer every day. Stay in the Word of God and stay in prayer every day. Because when that happens, you will hear the voice of God. 
you will be able to say, I must obey God. I must obey Him. I must obey Him with all of my heart. I'm believing for that, and I'm asking God to do that in your lives. That you will be able to declare like Peter, I really must obey God. Self-preservation told Peter, you better obey those religious leaders. If you want to live on this faith, you better do what they say. Peter said, no, I'm not interested in self-preservation. I've given my life to Christ. Pride. Pride would say, Peter, just do what they say, and maybe they'll like you, and maybe they'll accept you. And Peter said, no, 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 none of that matters anymore. I must obey Christ. He is the ultimate authority. You have to understand that Jesus, they saw what Jesus had done. Remember, we went over the uh, story of of Jesus calming the waters that were raging. And what did the disciples declare? What kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey them? They, they They finally understood that Jesus was the ultimate authority. They watched how the religious leaders sent their guards to take Jesus and wrap him in chains and beat him. They saw that Peter, I mean, uh, John saw how Jesus was crucified on the cross. They all saw the the, uh, defeat, what appeared to be defeat. And yet, they also saw the hand of Christ as he rose from the grave, as he came and beheld. They beheld his glory. They knew that Jesus was the ultimate authority that death couldn't hold them. They knew that the Romans couldn't couldn't control him. They knew that the religious leaders were not right. Jesus was the ultimate authority for them. I mean this with a sincere heart. If you will allow Jesus to be the ultimate authority in any problem you have, it will go away. I don't mean to be trite, and I don't mean to pretend that you don't have a complicated issue. But I am just declaring to you the Word of God. And I understand issues and problems of life. They may not just poof, vanish, but you will be able to take those issues and those problems and you will be able to use it for God's glory. When God is the ultimate authority in your life, it's not you, remember. Because we start thinking that, oh, he's right, God's the ultimate authority. Let's go get him, God. God's looking at you, no, 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 no. I'm the ultimate authority. the ultimate authority in your life. I want you to enjoy life. I enjoy life. I want you to have fun today going out to eat. I'm going to go out to eat. I want you to have fun with friends and family this week. I'm going to have fun with friends and family this week. But there are just some moments that God is speaking to you that you say, you know what? I've got to obey God right now. I must obey Him because He's the ultimate He's the ultimate authority in my life. And I pray that God will speak to your heart. He'll speak to your life. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. They're going to sing another song. They're going to just encourage us. And I pray that God will begin to speak to you. As we approach, I already said it. I already said the word Christmas. I know we're in November, but I said it. I dare you. And speaking of that, I was talking with Sue about the Christmas decor. And, uh, you know, I was just you know, making sure everything was lined up. And I said, Sue, you know how this works. You need one person who's in charge when it comes to decoration. Because everybody has a thought. Everybody has an idea. And she said, okay, I'll be that one person. She's the ultimate authority on what 
fixed point. If there's a question about if this bulb should go here or down here, two people are deciding it, Sue will decide it. That's what I mean. I've given her ultimate authority on Christmas Eve. Have you given God ultimate authority in your life? You may want something this way. Your spouse may want it that way. But have you given God ultimate authority? God, what do you want? I know what I want. Job, family, you apply it to any. Who has ultimate authority? Who makes the final decision in your life? Is it you? I hope it's not you. That's why it's so important that we are accountable with each other. Hope we give God ultimate authority. Would you stand this morning, Father? I pray now by your Spirit you'll begin to work in our lives. We will begin to humble ourselves before you. We will give you ultimate authority, Jesus. We'll give you ultimate authority in our lives. In Jesus' name, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship.